Phil from Low Simon Thinkers. Thank you for tuning in to the L3 Podcast. My name is Craig Transmitting from the beautiful realms of planet Earth. Today's date is Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022. This is episode 1550. Kansas Amendment defeated, domestic terrorist symbols, and 13 words ignored. Before I proceed, you can follow me on so- social media sites, multiple ones to be exact, and podcast channels. Just look up Lucky Luck number three, Lucky Luck Roman number three. Three, which always has three eyes, and Loki Luck Roman Number Three podcast. If you want to contact me, you can go to Loki Luck Number Zero Three at protomail.com. Donate. You can hit me at PayPal.me or Cash at forward slash Loki Luck Number Three. Oh yes. <laughs> oh man. Well, you know, it's just one of those days. You laugh at the world. Hear all these Twilight Zone, bizarro world environment. That's being exploited right in our faces. And you got clowns want to represent Darth Vader's daughter from the Church of Hollywood Elements. I don't have to say any names because these individuals aren't too bright in this matter, in this subject. What else is new, right? Follow the herd, just another cow. And you have others out there want to use centralization, federal intervention, and all that. I was like listening to some stuff on uh, Brian McKellen show. Very good. They can act locally, which I uh, respect him on. I, I, I always enjoy his content. He brought up the issue with uh, on the Convention of States. And of course, the nationalists don't like that at all. And I, all I say is this. I questioned it at first in good faith. Then I had to do a little homework and listen to his um, information. It's very good. As long as you do it on the state level, if you, if you bring it to Washington, D.C., because I saw a couple, couple of them, I've got the congressman's name, was one of the convention of the states, brought in Washington, D.C. That's pretty damn dangerous. The state's going to make a decision themselves. And, of course, you can utilize Amendment 6 of the U.S. Constitution and the Tenth Amendment. So you have multiple ways of skinning the cats, symbolically speaking. And I love cats, don't get me wrong. I'm taking care of one right now. And you have to always be methodical. And when it comes to liberties and checking on government, you have to multitask, multi-prong attack, etc. And say if someone sent me a um, post-it on Telegram about Mark Levin's idea for the for convention states and having the states have the right to check the federal on the government. Of course. And I'm a Mark Levin fanatic myself. Sometimes he does a flip-flop. But on this brand of information, I looked into it. I was like, yeah, that's good. That's a good, that's a good concept. I'll be fair. And what's interesting about this, um, his um, memo or agenda on a constitutional perspective. Even the states can utilize it in their own state constitution, if they they can bring it to their own state constitution, which is great. So, multi-attack. If you have the Convention of States, they can put that in there with the 10th Amendment, that's fine. As long as they all coincide. But the states can use it themselves without a federal constitution on a federal or federal level. This is why it's so fantastic. So I, I do give props to him on that. So, um, yeah, is this, uh, hey, food shortages and rations and so forth, natural gases, you know, it looks like it's supposed to, is affecting the world, including here in the States. So I like to recommend everyone, prepare yourselves, be ready, and um, don't let the state don't depend on the state because, you know what? Overall, they don't give a damn. They want to use you. Even these political bobbleheads are out there too, so nothing new under the sun, right? All right, well, um, I'm going to read this from Ballotpedia because I, when I found out this morning that the amendment, Kansas abortion amendment, got ejected, I don't want to hear the drama from the newspapers and all that, so I went to ballotpedia.org. Good site. I'm not going to read its entirety, but Kansas has no 
Kansas, no state constitutional right in abortion unless it's the power to regulate. It got defeated yesterday. Unless it got certified today, to believe, believe it or not. And uh, holding on the ballot, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, go, I'm not gonna go through entirely. But if you vote yes, a vote supported amending the, con the Kansas Constitution to state that nothing in the state constitution creates a right to abortion or requires government funding for abortion, and state that the legislator has the authority to pass laws regarding abortion. All right, if you vote no. Amending the Kansas Constitution, thereby maintaining the legal precedent established in Holds versus Nauser versus Schmidt, Holds 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 and Nauser versus Schmidt, 2019, that the Kansas Bill of Rights provided a right to abortion. Okay, so based on this, they can still get governmental funding. Okay, and um, on in according to the according to this. Aspect of, according to the area here, this area here of the of the content. So, so it's a good interesting about this because now, yeah, the people in Kansas, even though it was like what forty one percent voted no, a little over forty one percent, still um, you can say whatever you want. It's still up in the air in the future. And you can probably work on cutting taxes, okay? You can work on cutting those taxes as well in due time in these facilities. So they can say whatever they want, but um, on a tax burden, if you be a tax burden on that state, it can um, be reduced to these areas in your upcoming budget. So something, so it's never an in, one one shot deal, folks. When it comes to these, when it comes to this, disturbing matter. And I'm not a fan of abortion. And I say that out of respect. If people ask about rape and incest, I go, and I said in my past pop episodes, okay, that never linger. You're not alone. I'm not saying this all oh, is going to be easy. It's easier said than done, but you have to have that mindset. You're not alone. Don't let it linger. You get that out of your system ASAP. No excuses. And I always uh, believe in sexual responsibility. All right? Even with the men as well. There's no, no game. Both sides have to be responsible for their actions. And I know I noticed too, I had um, some people I know that um, was getting ready to be the father and the woman abort the baby without their knowledge. Is that okay? Alright, so let the poor abortionist folks tell you that. So I'm gonna it's interesting too about the additional information on this uh on this, on these on these measures. In twenty twenty two there would be at least five valid measures addressing abortion in most on a single year. Measures have been certified for the ballot in California, Kansas, Kentucky, Montana, and Vermont. There's a big list on that, and it says here like 374,611 voted yes on, ban on, on the abortion amendment, which is 41.22%, and no votes. They have 534,134, and that's 58.78%. Um, it's been received to 100%. Been certified this morning, 7.44 a.m. Eastern Time. So when you look at this, it's about, wow, under six, under 900,000 people voted, if I'm correct. Wow, so that's, um, no, like 900,000? Yeah, 900,000 oh, 900, people voted. So Interesting. So what would change the amendment? Well, there's a list here who support it. What would the amendment have changed for the abortion rights in Kansas? It says, it says here, the measure would have amended the Kansas Constitution to provide that nothing in the state constitution creates a right to abortion or requires government funding for abortion and that the state has the authority to pass law regarding abortion. 
Okay, so including but not limited to that accounting for circumstances of pregnancy resulting from rape or incest or circumstances of necessity to save the life of a mother. So there, there were exceptions to this. Okay, there were exception to, exceptions to this, all right, on, on circumstances. So there's always that fine print. So it would be a lot more conditional, overall conditional, according to the ballotpedia. All right, so, um, and of course here, the amendment was proposed to the Kansas Supreme Court ruling in Hodes and Alder versus Schmidt in 2019, where the court held that the Kansas Bill of Rights afforded a right to abortion during the legislative debate on the amendment, Representative Tony Arbinger, Arbinger um, from um, Republican from District 112, said Kansas has over 20 laws related to abortion, and we could lose all of them due to this ruling. By adopting the amendment to the Kansas Bill of Rights, the amendment would overturn the ruling towards towards now the versus Schmidt. Proponents refer to the measure as the value them both amendment. Interesting. So, um, of course, it give you a list who supports or oppose the amendment. Of course, the one who support it, value them both, led, led the campaign in support of the amendment. The campaign reported over $6 million in contributions as of July 18, 2022. The campaign was endorsed by U.S. Senator Roger Marshall, Republican, for, former U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, did he live in Kansas? <laughs> uh, the Family Policy Alliance of Kansas and the Kansas Catholic Conference, Senator Marshall said, to put it simply, the Kansas Supreme Court paved the way for unlimited abortion. Our yes vote on August 2nd will push back against the extreme radical abortion agenda. Without its passage, the people of Kansas City, Kansas have, have no, vo no voice, no say, and no way to keep any common sense limits on the abortion industry. And of course, you have here the Kansas Constitutional Freedom led the campaign in opposition to the amendment. The campaign reported over $7.4 million in contributions. The campaign was endorsed by Governor Laura Kelly, okay, to the Democrat, U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren, Democrat from Massachusetts. I got a question. What does Massachusetts, what does Elizabeth Warren have to do with Kansas? That's <laughs> something to think about. Like Mike Pompeo, did he live in Kansas? I just thought uh, that's a question. The American Civil, Civil Liberties Union of Kansas and Planned Parenthood Great Plains votes. Okay, so they were against it. Governor Kelly, Democrat, said anybody who's been alive in Kansas in the last six months knows that we have an amendment on the primary ballot that would essentially overturn the state Supreme Court ruling and say that the women's reproductive rights are not protected under the Constitution. If the people in the state of Kansas vote no on that amendment, then the status quo will remain. A women's reproductive rights will remain, remain constitutional here in the state of Kansas. Reproductive rights. What the hell is that? Oh, I'm gonna abort my, I'm gonna abort the baby. Support my reproductive rights. <laughs> That's a bad sales pitch. Sorry about that, folks. And of course, the campaigns how they react to Dobbs versus Jackson's women's, women's health organization. On June 24, 2022, the Supreme Court issued a ruling in the case. Dodds versus Jackson, Women's Health Organization, which held that the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. Roe and Casey are overruled, and authority to regulate abortion is returned to the people and their elected representatives. Ballot is tracking abortion-related ballot measure campaigns response to the ruling. So, and of course, Roe and Casey is over overruled. And the fact is, there has only been a judicial opinion, my friends, not an actual they like to use that a lot. Police chiefs okay as long as you got Roe v. Wade, right? And so they believe in judicial supremacy for that matter. That condition. That is good. All right, well, after the ruling, via them both, the support campaign released the following statement. Today's decision on Dodd versus Jackson emphasizes the importance of our democracy, restoring the power to the states to decide how they are going to place limits on the abortion industry. I hate when you use the term democracy. Bad, bad, bad lingo. The U.S. Supreme Court restored the people's ability to come to individual consensus on abortion limits, but not in Kansas. And it stands today unelected, in, elected, unelected judges in Kansas are the ones who decide the fate of abortion limits. 
the value of them both amendment is a reasonable approach and will ensure Kansas does not remain a permanent destination for the most extreme and painful abortion procedures at this historical point in time. The question before Kansasans on August 2nd is clear in an unregulated abortion industry with no limits at all for, un for reasonable limits protected by the value them both amendment. Kansas Constitution Freedom responded to the ruling saying the Supreme Court has voted to strike down Roe v. Wade on August 2nd will be the first state in the nation to vote on reproductive freedom following this decision. We must keep fighting for the people in Kansas who are counting on us to defeat the Constitutional Amendment. Don't leave the future of abortion rights in Kansas to chance. Reproduction. Dr. Freedom. Yeah. Sounds itself sounds astonishing. Please, I'm being sarcastic here. And of course, I give you a list here about how many other states adopted their, um, adopted their amendments. Give you a list on here. Tennessee, Alabama, West Virginia passed constitutional amendments. I'm not going to go through the whole thing in its entirety, but it's very interesting. So, um, in Tennessee, in the Tennessee Supreme Court ruling, Planned Parenthood versus uh, Sunquist, which held that the state constitution provided a right to pre-creation autonomy. The amendment in West Virginia invalidated the state support court's rulings in West Virginia's health, Women's Health Center versus Panapinto in 1993. All right. So at least nine states, as of August 2022, at least nine states, including Kansas, provided state constitutional right to abortion based on court rulings. And of course, there's the regulation right there. Shall the following be adopted, which it didn't happen? Give the whole thing. It's only under certain circumstances, rape or incest. So it's not 100%, but there are conditions. So that's what the abortion amendment was about. On one of the reasons why um, they, people did vote on this and others don't care. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got a baby. I'm going to abort it. Okay, if the man if the man wants to be a father, it won't be it won't be Mike. It won't be the kid I'm having. So I'm gonna take it out. And I'm not. And that's why you gotta look at that, folks. Ask them that. How about the father, the man, the father, or the person want to be the father? He has that right. A parenthood, not just a mother. And don't give me oh well, all the men. Don't give that collective witch hunting rhetoric. It doesn't work. So, um, there's a summary for the ballots and all that, constitutional changes. Yeah, you could, um, you know, you can look at all this. People who support it. They'll give you a big list. And then the people here with their arguments on, on this. So, I'm not going to go through this whole thing in its entirety. But, um, I will put this out there. And it's funny because it's here, it says here. I like to look at this one here for, uh. Kansas, Kansas for Constitutional Freedom. You got a rabbi, Mark H. Levin of the Congregation Beth Torah. Now, the Catholic Church in Kansas seeks to enshrine Catholic doctrine regarding abortion in Kansas law, and they do so unabashedly and unapologetically. That is dogma, not only inconsistent with the American civil religion, but with Judaism and many other religions did not deter the head of Northeastern Kansas Catholic Church from seeking to control the lives of every person in Kansas, depriving other Kansans of personal choice regarding their own destinies and the destinies of their families. What the hell is he talking about? You call that a rabbi? <laughs> yeah, Charlton, far as I'm concerned. Hey, buddy, change your names of the Congregation Beth Torah. You're not going by the five the first five book of Moses. You're nothing more than a giant away, Jewel name only. I say that out of respect. Let's give you one area, so. And many other people say the same thing, you know, about the whole, their opinions on this and his advertising. And interesting down here, too, with the, um, tell you about the contributions. Give you a whole list. Wow, look at this here. Total contributions. Who support it? Six million thirty-three thousand four hundred and eleven dollars and seventy-three cents. 
and oppose it, $7,352,628.87. So value in both, our total contribution of over $6 million. And of course, it gives you a whole list of the, of the people who um, donated. And of course, opposition, same thing. And Kansas for constitutional freedom to give you a list to oppose it. So, and other miscellaneous contributions as well. The big list over here of individuals, of course, who are for and against it. So all these committees do it right. Bob League and uh, Kansas for Kansas for Life, Family Voice, Laura Kolsner. Lyon County Democratic Committee, Roman Catholic Duchess of Sahina, Save the Babies, etc. Vivian Hamilton, too, 26. Wow, wow. Women for Kansas, $336,000. Yeah, you can look at this, all this, folks. It's very uh, interesting. But um, to give, you know, they give the newspapers who for or against it. Background, and here's the background on the abortion regulations in Kansas. So it's still in the books. At the time of the election, Kansas had the following abortion regulations. Requires a licensed physician to perform an abortion. Prohibits abortion after 22 weeks, except in cases of life or health endangerment. Prohibits partial birth abortions and abortions based on gender selection. Limits private insurance coverage of, 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 of abortions, except for cases of life endangerment, unless enrollees purchase additional specific, additional coverage for specific abortions. Prohibits public funding for abortions, except in cases of life endangerment, rape, or incest. Requires patients to undergo an ultrasound before an, uh, an abortion. Requires a 24-hour waiting period after state-directed counseling prior to receive, receiving an abortion, and requires parental consent from minors to receive an abortion. Interesting. So it's still it's still in the books as we speak. Okay? It's still so these so these regulations still do exist in Kansas. Alright? And um, I'm gonna take it take it all the way to a couple more paragraphs here. Kansas Supreme Court ruling on abortion rights. 2019, the Kansas Supreme Court ruled in a 6-1 decision in Horde v. Analyzer v. Schmidt that Section 1 of the Kansas Bill of Rights affords protection of the right to personal autonomy, which includes the ability to control one's own body, to assert bodily integrity, and to exercise self-determination. This right allows a woman to make her own decisions regarding her body, health, family, formation, and family life. Decisions that can include whether to continue a pregnancy. Section 1 was part of the original Kansas Constitution of 1861, reading all men are, pos are possessed of equal and inalienable natural rights, which among are life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Hmm, very contradicting right now in that uh, abortion, according to this, okay? So, um, according to what they add on here. So, it's interesting. So, I'm going to keep on going. The court also argued that laws that limit this right are subject to strict scrutiny where the government must show it has a compelling interest in the object of the law and that the law is narrowly tailored to such ends. The case concerns Senate Bill 95, which prohibited the abortion methods of um, dilation and extraction, except for to preserve the life of the mother. Um, Justice Caleb Stagel dissented. He said, Today we issue the most significant and far-reaching decision this court has ever made. The majority decision is so consequential because it fundamentally alters the structure of our government to magnify the power of the state in the process. The majority abandoned the original public meaning of Section 1 of the Kansas Constitutional Bill of Rights and paints the interest in the unborn champion, life champion, by millions of Kansans as rooted in ugly prejudice. Following ruling, the Senate President Susan Wago, Republican from Republican from District 30, said a ballot measure to amend the state constitution in response to the ruling was possible. Senator Wago stated, I think the consequences of that ruling are still being determined. We 
really need some time to figure out how we'll address it. And I think the voters of Kansas want to say in, in an election year. April 7, 2021, Shawnee County District Judge uh, Teresa Watson ruled that a Kansas law that banned disembursement abortion, which is also known as dilation and evacuation abortion, was unconstitutional under 2019. Ruling, Judge Watson said under the Kansas Supreme Court interpretation of Section 1 of the Kansas Constitution of Bill of Rights and requested application of the strict scrutiny standard to the unconverted facts as found by this court is unconstitutional and unenforceable. On July 7, 2021, the Kansas Attorney General Derek Schmidt said he would appeal Watson's ruling to the Kansas Supreme Court. And he had things on previous attempts to place the amendment on the ballot. So they had attempts in the past, in 2020 and all that. You can look at all that. And of course, you can look at more information about all the other states have abortion rights, including Florida, but there's conditions and limitations, there's conditions, okay? That's how you gotta look at these states. And there's other states that said no. So it gives you a little rundown, on, um, which is which is good to know. More, this is more of an educational site, and um, and I think it's pretty damn cool. That's why I didn't go with the newspaper articles or what the pundits have to say. And it gives you a whole list of su su Supreme Court justice rulings and the states and so forth that that where abortion is illegal and abortion is not. So um, abortion is legal, abortion is not. So. Um, Illegal don't matter. I'm just like digressing here. But you know, it says um they do have those based on this on this on this article, they do have those limitations and conditions. Okay, so it's not over to if the people in that state that um may are maybe disappointed. Okay, take it by stride, but it's not over. You got this these these particular this particular battle, you gotta think long term. And give these folks the truth. Lay down all the facts. No, not don't be a pundit, but teach these people on, of course, on sex and so forth. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm gonna tell people what to do, but you gotta be responsible for your own actions. It doesn't matter what your faith is. Even, even the late Doctor Anton Lavey, who was a, who was the founder of the Church of Satan, he, he talked about responsibility for the responsible. On this matter, and he goes, yeah, these people want to have an abortion. And he goes, I'm just paraphrasing, get themselves sterilized, <laughs> dissectomy, get sterilized. All right, so um, <laughs> something to look at. And hey, I was from the Black Flame, I think it was. Yeah, the Black Flame. So um, I, I read, I read a good amount of material myself, folks. That's to understand. You don't have to agree, but understand what um, what people's views are. And that's why I'm like, you know, not angry and like that. It's just these are either battles you have to always look at. Examine everything long term. And the people in Kansas, 41% is still a good message. But I'm like, oh, God, big landslide. Based on Ballopedia, is over 40%. And that's just, and, and it's good. That means you can still counter, support these regulations. And make those and and always tell these give people the truth. So it's not over; it's just the beginning, and it can't be overturned in good time in due time, as long as the people in that state want it. So, um, hey, that's just how it is. It could be disappointing, but always look at the fine print, not what the pundits have to say. So, I will be right back. So, stay tuned. Alright, I'm back. Looks like I had a signal drop where I was at. So, I had to do a little run around, which is all well and good. <laughs> Alright, well, next one here came from Project Veritas. And this is entitled, FBI Whistleblower Leaks Bureau's Domestic Terrorism Symbols Guide on Militia Violent Extremists Citing Ashley Babbitt as MBE martyr. Okay, well, as it reads here, from August 2nd to be exact, Project Veritas released 
A newly leaked document today provided by an FBI whistleblower which shows how the Bureau classifies American citizens it deems to be potential militia violent extremists, MVEs. In the document, the FBI cites symbol, Im symbols, images, phrases, events, and individuals that agents should look out for when identifying alleged domestic terrorists. And um, when you look at this, when you really look at these things, it's really, um, I call it acidine. You know, if you have like the Bungaloo flag, the Punisher skull, 2A, if you just play 2A, that's considered um, evil. And of course, the electrical resistance symbol, a way to identify as a resistor. Anarchal capitalist flag is a diagonal yellow and black. That's considered wicked, evil, okay? Warrior culture on your on your sticker as well. And the Molen Lobby flag with the cannon come and take it. And the black flag. You know, it has a black and white, all black American flag and so forth. So it means don't resist, right? No quarter shall be given. And of course the commonly Historical imagery they show here too is the Gaddison flag, revolutionary imagery, the Liberty Tree, okay, that's considered evil, all right, and of course the Bessie Ross flag with 13 colonies. And of course, the bottom here, they, they are gun, they're talking about the three percenters and American contingency and oath keepers. So that's considered, you know, MBEs, you know what I'm saying? This is how these um, yahoos think. And of course, the common phrases well regulated militia, when tyranny becomes law, becomes duty, all right, etc. And you can, you can look at us, look at us yourself, Vicki Weaver. They consider her a martyr. In my opinion, to be honest, Vicki Weaver was an evil woman, a separatist. However, what happened to her and the Weaver family was were, was dead wrong. All right, I'll be very frank. I know people who lived in that area when that horrific event occurred. And um, many, there, I got reports that the, the whole family were a bunch of thieves. They were trespassing, taking people's fuel. For their own for their for their own personal game, and um, Randy Weaver's wife, Vicky Weaver, wore the pants of the of the house. Okay, she's the one who trained her other uh, children allegedly, based on the reports I got from them, was giving them the whole the marching like Nazis and so forth, and were using tyrannical practices. It's just a claim, but like I said, I don't agree with their views. But what happened to them? I condemn by the state, the ATF, the government were wrong on going after the Weaver family for contempt of court. Come on, that's something to think about, all right? Because remember, if you don't support your enemy's freedoms or liberties, protect their liberties, yours can be next. Even Thomas Paine warned us about that. So don't create that president that will put a target on yourselves. And I digress. And of course, the of course, here, I'll keep going. I'll keep going here. It says here, of course, the unclassified law enforcement sensitive document says FBI internal use only, so your taxpayers at work America ain't that great. Of note, under the symbol section is a prominent citation of the Second Amendment where it explains that MBEs justify their existence with the Second Amendment due to the mention of a well-rigged militia as well as the right to bear arms. All right, so that's considered dangerous domestic terrorist in the name of the war on terror right right below that the com commonly referenced historical imagery the quote section of revolutionary war images such as the gas and flag the best rough flag the list it each flag displayed in the documents come with a brief description of what it means under the common phrases and references section of the leak document ashley babbitt is cited as a person that mev mve is considered to be a martyr same document also refers to Ruby Ridge, Waco, and even Timothy McVeigh trying the traditional ideas and symbols and with radical and more violent events in the past. Well, like I said, I, everyone, I, I give you guys my intake on what happened at Ruby Ridge. Waco should be condemned as well. The ATF, the federal government, should be charged, should have been charged for murder, okay, including the late, Jan late ungrateful Janet Reno, the attorney general, and everyone in the ATF were involved in that ordeal. The reason why I said that because 
they've taken the initiative on smashing through the through the um, compound with tanks, and they made they made these accusations. Oh, they let themselves on fire. They committed suicide, which was totally irrelevant and acidine because it's been proven by the. If you watch this video, Tears of Endangerment is about the Waco documentary. The person who cr created the flur, uh, flur, the info, the uh, fluorescent lighting, in, in, um, infrared um, beam uh, lights with the lens and uh, fluorescent lens, infrared. Yeah. And what happened was he explained everything that's been proven on his face that the ATF and the, and the tanks were responsible for burning down the compound and murdering men, women, and children. And they call them heroes back then, right? That is unacceptable. They're the terrorists, folks. These governmental institutions that practice tyrannical practices are the being labeled. So what they're doing here is being used in projective rhetoric. That's what gets me mad the most about this. April 19th, 1993. Don't forget that. April 19th always been a strange holiday on these events. Okay, so, um, but I'm very, I'm glad this came out because even Timothy McVeigh, in my view, he was a, was a patsy based on Oklahoma City, the big lie. I say that in good faith. But like I said before, Ruby Ridge, the, the feds were dead wrong. The sheriff should have called him out and said, don't come here, I'm going to have you arrested for trespassing. That should have been done. All right, I know um, oh, the Randy Reaver, excuse me, I said Robert Reaver, Randy Reaver. He, he, he passed. But, um, but like I said before, based on the information I received, they weren't pleasant neighbors. But what happened to them was wrong. So I'm going to hit the next one here. The Epoch Times did a report on this. It was written by Joseph M. Hanneman. It came out today. And it says here, Ashley Babbitt, Betsy Rothflag, and Liberty Tree tied to violent extremism. Leaked and leaked FBI bulletin. An FBI internal bulletin on domestic terrorism lists U.S. Capitol shooting. Victim Ashley Babbitt as someone considered a martyr, martyr, by a militia of violent extremists, what they call it MVE, and Second Amendment as how militias justify their existence because of a reference to a real regular militia and the right to bear arms. And it, it says right here, which came from Project Veritas, domestic terrorism symbol guys was leaked to Project Veritas, which released images of the bulletin on its website and social media on August 2nd, which includes such common images as the Gaston flag, Bishop Roth flag, and the Liberty Tree. The document includes terms and symbols that are very familiar in conservative, law enforcement, and military circles. In the introduction, the FBI stressed that simply using terms or symbols is not evidence of wrongdoing. The use of sharing of these symbols alone should not independently be considered evidence of MVE presence or affiliation or serve as an indicator of a, of a legal activity as many individuals up, use these symbols for their original historic meaning or other nonviolent purposes the bulletin reads. <laughs> you think, like, I'm going to really trust the, the government on this one, right? Please. Many on the right, however, are likely to, to see the bulletin as further evidence of federal government acrimony for conservatives in the wake of January 6th unrest at the Capitol. Use of rise, widespread use of symbols and quotes from the American history, especially American Revolutionary War, exists within MBE networks. The bulletin says historic contemporary military themes are common for MBE symbols. The document is marked unclassified, law enforcement sensitive, and for internal use only. Like I said before, my friends, your tax dollars at work. Thumbs up, baby. Hooray. An MVE martyr. Babbitt's name is included on a list of five people that MVEs consider to be martyrs. The document said others include Arizona rancher Lavoya Finnegan, shot to death by Oregon State Police in 2016, Vicki Weaver, killed by a federal sniper in 1992 siege at Ruby Ridge, Marvin Himeyer, a disgruntled muffler shop owner who used an armor kill dozer to raise a section raise R-A-Z-E section of Garnaby, Colorado, 2004. Ashley Babbitt's husband, Aaron Babbitt of San Diego, offered a one-word reaction about her name on the list when connected by the Epoch Times. Laughable. I agree. Ashley Babbitt's family has fought 
never any medal against those who call her a rioter, an extremist, or a terrorist. Such terms have been used to despite video evidence showing that she tried to stop rioters from vandalizing doors and windows leading into the speaker's lobby. Just before she climbed into a broken window and was shot, Babbitt delivered a punch to the nose of the agitator who did much of the damage. Babbitt, 35, was a 14-year veteran of the U.S. Air Force and National Guard. She was killed by Capitol Police Lieutenant Michael Byrd. According to the FBI bulletin, common phrases associated with militia violent extremists include when tyranny becomes law, rebellion becomes duty, I will not comply, the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time, the blood of patriots and tyrants, and all enemies foreign and domestic. So they all, they all consider this, you know, this rhetoric the FBI wants to use, right? Reaper, reapers, and oath keepers. Symbols of militia networks listed in the document include the three percenters, sometimes called reapers, a group the FBI says is based on the myth that only three percent of Americans fought against the British during the Revolutionary War. Also included are the oath keepers, a group of former military, law enforcement, and first responders who are major target of federal prosecutors trying trying criminal cases against January 6th defendants. The bulletin, said fig- the bulletin said figures who inspired MVEs include Oklahoma City bomber Timothy McVeigh, Stephen Carrillo, a convicted of a drive-by shooting at a federal courthouse in Oakland, California, and the medieval crusaders, so did the Catholic Church, who fought the free holy land from Islamic rule. Content of the FBI bulletin was immediately panned on social media. The government would consider all founding fathers domestic terrorists, and that's really all you need to know about who the real terrorists are, one commentator wrote on Truth Social. It's funny, really, but I don't see any mention of that organized group in an all-black and white who marches, an all-black who marches the streets with communist flags, chants death to America while burning our flag. So basically, every symbol or quote used to inspire America to defeat the British and throw the chains of tyranny, throw chains of tyranny now is now considered extremist, asked a reader on Twitter. It's absolutely correct. When you when you look at this, my friends, it's just one of those areas which they want to use the methods of the war on terror. It's been since the announcement okay on a week after September eleventh on George W. Bush's State of Union address, President Jorge W. Bush talking about the war on terror. If you're with us you're with the terrorists. Same met rhetoric, same met rhetoric, different package. That's what comes down to it. When he announced that war on terror, I told everyone expect it to be a conflagration against his people or ourselves. Well, I'm not. I'm no saint. I'm no uh, prophet. I just pay attention, and everyone's got to think things long term. That's what. That's that is the objection. Objective. Always examine things on a long view basis, and these individuals right now, our client, are are loving it because they what they love that power. They want to control people, and just to let you folks know, also, J. Edgar Hoover is climaxing in his grave. They're using his playbook 2.0 and beyond. Nothing new. It's just, let's target certain people. What they did the same thing in the 1960s with the original Black Panther Party. They did, they did, something, they did stuff, um, so, uh, social engineered events, such as what happened in Kenton University. Okay, it was been claimed it was an inside job, but it was planned to see people get terminated. An Operation Gar- um, Garden Plot. I just give you, just give you those um, examples. This is, these individuals, these traitors, these tyrants, the enemy of our republic, want to troll every single one of us. They can't even take care of themselves. I was wondering how their childhood was. I'm curious too, if their spouses wear the pants of the house and they, they can't, and um, they want to take it out on us, the American people. This is for deplorable, blasphemy, unacceptable. Bannock Arnold was more the man than all these numbnuts in there combined. I, I can say this. We can sell members of the U.S. government can be considered terrorists. We can use Joe Biden, um, Kamala Harris, Merrick Garland, etc. Centralization, folks. They want to clamp down 
and bring the one world order. These guys are nothing more than globalist ingrates. And they're just examples. Vigilance is the key. Tenth Amendment has to stand. Say no to tyranny and promote liberty. And I'm gonna do a final segment. It'll be a nice long one too, so stay tuned. All right, gonna do one more here. Sit back and relax. This is a nice little long one. I know this episode is pretty lengthy, and um, do apologize, but this is essential that the message has to come out. So um, this one here came from Mark Reynolds, and this was published on LouRockwell.com. Came out yesterday. Those forgotten, ignored thirteen words. How about we take a close look at the Second Amendment to the Bill of Rights? It's not just a cursory look, but rather an honest, critical, deeper look. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. A well-regulated, meaning to run smooth, be disciplined, well-supplied. Militia meaning the body of people consisting of lawful citizens in a free state of existence. Security meaning keep, to keep safe. Necessary meaning needed. Essential free state meaning the collective of states, the whole nation. The right meaning those essential liberties that all people have regardless of government. The people, the lawful citizens in a state of existence to keep meaning to own and possess and bear meaning to carry on, on or about one's person, either opened or concealed. Arms, meaning weapons, shall not, meaning must not, will not be infringed, meaning restricted, retarded, or suppressed in any way whatsoever. That includes regulation. Therefore, rail-regulated, smooth-running, well-supplied, disciplined militia being necessary, essential, needed for the security, safety of a free state, the whole nation, for national security, the right, the liberties of the people, free and lawful citizens to keep and bear arms, shall not, must not, will not be infringed, restricted, suppressed. Now if you suppress, restrict, or infringe upon the rights and liberties of the people to keep, own, and bear arms open or concealed, you are compromising national security. The crime of jeopardizing national security is treason. And it means, according to, I'll, I'll stop there for a moment, Article 3, Section 3, it's um, one of the areas of treason is war against, levying war against the people. Okay, so just to paraphrase that, you can look it up yourselves. Referring to, in modern state times, as individuals' right to carry and use arms for self-defense, the Second Amendment was envisioned by the framers of the Constitution, according to College of William and Mary Law Professor and future U.S. District Court Judge St. George Tucker in 1803. In his great work, Blackstone's Commentaries, with notes of reference to the Constitution and laws of the federal government of the United States and the Commonwealth of Virginia, as a true palladium of liberty, it says here, in addition to checking federal power, the Second Amendment also provided state governments what, with that Luther Martin described as a last coup de, de grace that would enable the, the states to thwart and oppose the general government. Last, in his rise of ancient Florentine and Roman constitutional principle of civil and, and military virtue by making every citizen a soldier and every soldier a citizen. U.S. Constitution does not give us any rights, and that includes the Second Amendment. Rather, it affirms rights that already existed, espoused in the Bill of Rights, in order to safeguard them. Note that the right of the people to keep and bear arms isn't given by the language above. Instead, a right to keep and bear arms, which existed outside of any Constitution, is protected from infringement. The word necessary is used in one place in the Bill of Rights, and only in one place. Those 13 wor words which were eviscerated in the 1902-1903 with the Dick Act and following legislation that pretty much converted the voluntary state militias into a part of the federal army known as the National Guard. Those 13 words may be the most important words in the whole Constitution. We should be working to get them back into effect. Here's what it says here. 
What, sir, is the use of a militia? It's to prevent the establishment of a standing army, the ban of liberty. Whenever governments mean to invade the rights and liberties of the people, they always attempt to destroy the militia in order to raise an army upon their ruins. Elbridge Gary, fifth vice president of the United States. And another quote. The army is dangerous instrument to play with. George Washington and Alexander Hamilton. That was on April 4, 1783. Here's another quote. Extending army is one of the greatest mischiefs that can possibly happen. James Madison's debate, Virginia Convention, 1787. Another one here. Always remember that an armed and trained militia is the firmest bulwark of republics, that without standing armies, their liberty can never be in danger, nor with safe, with large safe ones safe. James Madison inaugural address, March 4, 1809. Standing armies are dangerous to liberty. Alexander Hamilton, the Federalist Papers, 1787. I'm not crazy about Hamilton in a lot of areas, but there's times he's right. I, I support it. I believe the U.S. Constitution makes clear the pro prohibition against standing army. If you look at Article 1, Section 8, you'll find this. To declare war, it is not the president's jurisdiction. The president states he can't act offensive only, and then Congress steps in. In Grant, Grant letters and uh, Mark Markey and reprisal, which could keep us out of wars and make rules concerning captures on land and water. To raise to support armies, but no appropriation money to that, you shall no longer for, for longer than two years. To provide and maintain a navy, to make rules for the government and regulation of the land and naval forces, to provide for calling the 4th Militia to execute the laws of the Union, suppress insurrections and repel invasions, to provide for organizing, arming, and disciplining the militia and for governing such part of them as may be employed in the, ser in the service of the United States, reserving to the states respectively the appointment of the officers and the authority of training the militia according to the self-discipline prescribed by Congress. Interesting. So I'll keep on here. Note the time frame for the appropriation funds for an army, two years, and of course, if we were at war, they could extend it another two years after the first two years were up. Note the continual use of the militia. The volunteer militia would have soldiers for an army called out to defend a nation in case of invasion or insurrection. If a state started a volunteer militia pattern after the original content, would you join? If our country was invaded, would you be willing to arm up and help defend your state and the nation, I suspect that the ranks would be overrun with volunteers. Realizing that standing armies, after all, do not, all, do not always practice defense. And don't give me the line, our military would never turn on the people. B.S. Because if you are a student of history, every time a country turns tyrannical, the military is used on the people. As a matter of fact, the Founding Fathers fought their military at Concord Green because it wasn't the United States yet. Once established, a government's bureaucrats and leaders, as well as the military and even laymen, all faces a different set of incentives. Those with the job related to the military have an incentive to keep their job. My late father was an employee of Rockwell International, which is part of the military industrial complex. Talking to him about the subject ending standing armies was futile. In a lot of cases, they probably would love to see their power extend and their pay and benefits increased. Their support for war then is the idea way for achieving their goals. Most likely, incentives like this could convert a champion of peace into a, a war-loving bureaucrat. It's a lot easier to rationalize a war if your job depends on it. The Militia Act of 1903, known as the Dick Act, named after its rider, creates the National Guard out of the organized militia and creates the Reserve Militia. It consists of males 17 to 45, those eligible for the draft. On the way to doing totally away with the organized militia, which is right there, still null and void, okay? The Dick Act is null and void. This removed more control of the militia from the states, but provided additional funding for training, equipping, and manning the force. It was the National Defense Act of 1916 that fully modernized the National Guard, provided federal funding for training drills, annual training, and equipping. It did, however, stipulate that, in return, the War Department and the Army gained far more control over the militia. For example, the Army was now able to dictate 
what types of units would be raised in each state. The act also removed the issue of militia serving outside the United States by stating when they call it into the federal service, the National Guard would be considered federal troops. So we can quit calling the National Guard a militia? Right there, more legal law. So it's like this, friends. It's just another example of centralization. It's been going on for a very long time, even before Biden came into power. It's been happening for over a century and a half, at minimum. And I continue on here. From then on, from then on, the National Guard was served with with distinction in all major conflicts of the United States, or they were just used for major conflicts. Another way of saying undeclared war. So. What was, the originally, what was originally supposed to be a voluntary force garnered the organized militias of the several states in a declared war on a national emergency has been morphing into a division of a standing army. I need to say any, any more about standing armies of which we have enforced in existence today rampant, rampaging all over the world involved in conflicts that are none of our business. Oh wait, they are, involved, they are involved in conflicts, in which most cases, the people run our government's way of doing business. Sort of like bully taking lunch money away from a smaller kid in public school. Seriously, I repeat, those 13 words of the Second Amendment may be the most important 13 words in the whole Constitution. We should be working diligently to get them back into effect. The Founding Fathers understood clearly what the word necessary meant as well as the word security and if you think about it carrying of arms is necessary for security to exist just recently we saw how someone taking the word necessary to heart was willing to supply security for the people in his vicinity when a mass shooter became began a rampage now imagine thousands no millions of citizens would have taken a step to volunteer in state militias in all 50 states and are carrying arms on or about their person to supply the security necessary for a free state of existence for those they are in the immediate vicinity thereof. The militia is mentioned as the goal for the protection of our right to live under the security of a free state of existence and thus to keep and bear arms. And yet, it is not a requirement to be a member. Those, the word voluntary come into play, into play. Obviously, all living and breathing people have a right to their lives and thus corresponding a right to defend that life by, by whatever means necessary. A helpful analogy from an unknown author goes like this. A well-educated electorate being necessary to the preservation of free society, the right of the people to read and compose books shall not be infringed. This example should be easy to see that the right to read and compose books is not reserved only to those that are registered voters or well-educated. Instead, the goal is a well-educated electorate for which tools of education are needed. Likewise, our right to keep firearms is protected in the event a well-regulated militia is needed to defend our free state of existence and or our country. For anyone, any officer of the court, or any law enforcement, any senator, any congressman, any president to make an effort to disarm and take away the people's right to defend themselves, their country, their state, their county, excuse me, their state, their country, is tantamount, is tantamount to treason. And they place themselves in a state of war against those that they become an aggressor against. After all, all law is enforced through a barrel of a gun. If we were to get back to volunteer militias, a lot of the empire building that behind the scenes rulers of the United States engage in would grind to a stop. We would have a state militia, we would have state militias made up of men and women between the ages of 17 to 45. There would be incentives to be in a militia such as are now with military members like militia, militia member discounts at stores. Help with loans, help with army members, for instance. Those who are not actual members could offer voluntary assistance to help train and arm those who are unable to arm themselves. At my age, I can no longer volunteer to be a member, but I could assist in training and arming younger militia members. I believe that many of our countrymen would join a volunteer militia today to get the training and to be able to stand in the gap whenever they are out and about in society. 
Can you imagine millions of trained militia members in our society being everywhere at all times, what kind of deterrent it would be against any kind of armed crime that may happen? What I would love to see is a state governor do some research and reinstate real voluntary state militia, pattern after the founder's version, which is pattern after many years old Swiss tradition. Not some group like the Texas Guard or Florida Guard, which is only state-sponsored, but not really trained in military response. They are not armed and basically act like a force to help the actual standing army version, National Guard, in case of emergency. The first governor to bring back a well-regulated militia to secure the free state would become legend, and many other governors, mostly red state governors, would like to follow suit. And then we will have back in force and effect a well-regulated militia to the security of a free state. You can expect an outcry of citizens in the blue states if their governors do not follow sweet suit to man, with a national effort to reestablish the state militias. I end this quote from, from John Locke, one of the men, the founders of our system of justice read, he who attempts to get another man into his absolute power does thereby put himself into a state of war with him, it being to be understood as a declaration as designed upon his life. For I have a reason to conclude that he who would get me into his power without my consent would use me as he pleased when he got me there and destroying me too when he had a fancy to it. For, for nobody can desire to have me in his absolute power unless it be to compel me by force to that which is against the right of my freedom, i.e. make me a slave. To be free from such force is the only security for my preservation. And reason bids me look on him as an enemy to my preservation who would take away that freedom which is fenced to it. So that he who that he who makes an attempt to enslave me thereby puts himself into a state of war with me. That's John Locke, the true the two trustees of government. Tratices, excuse me. Ask yourself, are we not being placed in a state of war with all thousands of violations and infringements on uh, shall not be infringed? I think you know the answer. We need to change that and get those thirteen words back into force and effect. Let me know what you think. Interesting here because um, he's been, been with his wife for 45 years. <laughs> yeah, so um, good stuff. You can email him too. Mark Reynolds all together dot bhg5 at gmail.com. Well, he has, this is a real good commentary on his part. If you don't learn from the past, folks, but damn and repeat it. And even if you hear my show, all these years, even my, on my speaker page, I talk about these areas for a very long time. And I'm not afraid to call these governmental figureheads treasonous quacks, parasites, wussies, cowards, because they want everyone else to do their dirty work. They like to make statements, they don't want to execute it themselves. That's how you gotta treat these individuals. That's why I call what I'm seeing right now in government. I'm not afraid to call them terrorists or treasonous scumbags or quacks. Feel, people feel get hurt when they support too bad because I don't give them what they think. That's how you treat these folks. No exceptions. They're not your friends, they're not your neighbors, they're your enemies. It's out of principle. They, they want you to trust them. That's the biggest mistake people made. If you ever learned a lesson from 9-11, then with all due respect, a lost cause. What's your intake on this? I'd love to hear from you. That is it. I thank everyone for listening. Plus, feel free to download and share throughout your social media networks. If you have questions, comments, and present on this internet account, whatever you do, please send your correspondence to Quorum. Furthermore, I'll leave the footnotes of these articles on my page. If you want to contact me, you can go to LokiLuck03 at Pro10Mail.com. There's even a quick message brief, too, on my anchor. You can use that too. If you want to donate, you go to paypal.me or cash.app forward slash look number three. If you want to support the Epoch Times, Mark Reynolds, even Ballopedia, that'd be awesome. And Project Veritas, don't forget that. 
All right, support them all the best you can, folks. Share, relay, all that. You got ammunition right at your fingertips. Utilize it well. Once again, thank you for your time. Plus, always remember that the maniac resistance is healthy for the soul and can liberate humanity. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Keep on spreading the love. And may your guardian spirits be with you.